Well, markets are much calmer this morning. Equities have even managed to climb a little, but there's still a lot of movement in currencies, with the US dollar rising higher and commodity currencies suffering the most, plus the pound. But the real question today is what happens with the US budget? Will a short-term funding bill be passed in time for Friday morning? Without it, the government can't spend, and that's aside from the debt ceiling. The answer for which there seems to have been some intriguing solutions, like why not mint a trillion-dollar coin and spend that? Uh... It's Thursday, the 30th of September, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. stocks are back on the rise, 0.7% up for the Dow, 0.6% for the S&P 500. Even the Nasdaq's managed to rise a little bit, about 0.2% this morning. Uh, the FTSE has managed a 1.1% lift. The DAX and the CAC Caron both up about 0.8% at close. Bonds have slowed down. We've got a one basis point rise in 10-year treasuries, uh, settling at uh, 1.54%. Uh, yields have actually fallen a little in Europe. And another big rise in the U.S. dollar. It's up half a percent on the Japanese yen. The euro has lost 0.7%. The pound is down 0.8%. It's the same for the Aussie now, down to 71.8 US cents. It was down to 71.74 not so long ago. And oil is down, about 0.6% down for Brent and WTI. Gasoline, uh, Mimex is uh, more than uh, 7% down today. Uh, and we've seen a 4% fall in silver as well. Things are still a bit all over the place, aren't they? David DeGarris, he's not all over the place. He's, he's always together and he's with us this morning from NAB in London. So what have we got? today. Phil, Phil, good morning to you. Morning. So we've got a a turnaround in equities, so a bit of buying the dip, presumably. Uh Uh, But is it a dip? I mean, will it all be back down again this time tomorrow? It uh, certainly seems the case, Phil, that equities and uh, the bond market's been more settled today. But um, as Mm. you're saying there, the um, current, it's been a lot of action in the currency markets. And uh, yep. quite a bit of action on the commodity markets as well. So, as you said, the US dollar has been stronger. <clears throat> you mentioned the Aussie dollar, which is down, what, uh, 0.8, 0.9 of a percent today. Um, yeah. So, um, just in the last, you know, couple of minutes, it's back down to 71, 76 again. Uh, the Kiwi is down a fraction more. Um, that ahead of their uh, RBNZ meeting next week, although... You just wonder whether the uh, the infection news there yesterday might have um, just taken yes. taken the edge off the kiwi there. But but selling, you know, sterling's taking more heat today. The euro, Swiss franc, the yen, even the uh, the Chinese renminbi has taken a little bit. So it's been pretty much across the board. So is it? I mean, in equities, is it is it just buying the dip, or is there a bit of of bullishness there? I'm just thinking, how can you be bullish yes. when you've got you know, right now, supply chain problems, inflation fears. We've still got Evergrande. We've got debt yes. ceilings, less chance yes. of fiscal support, less monetary support, yes. rising gas and oil prices. Yes. I mean, you can, you know, I know you are a glass half full sort of person, aren't you, Dave? But if someone has come along Usually. and smashed the top <laughs> half of the glass off, uh, it's hard to keep that outlook. I mean, that's the, that's like a, a top half of the glass missing environment that we might be finding ourselves yeah. in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think we can't forget too, Phil, that uh, what are we, we're... we're uh, 24 hours away from the end of the month and the end of the quarter. So um, right, yeah. you can get some of these rebalancing flows towards the end of the, the month and quarter too. So that may well be an element of that. Or, or And, you know, we can surmise and talk about whether it's reflation 
whether it's deflation, whether it's stagflation, or, or, yeah. or all of the above. Yeah, right? well, but, well, it seems um, like it's different things in different parts of the world, doesn't it? So in the UK, for example, I mean, definitely stagflation, isn't it? I mean, they've certainly got rising prices, as we're seeing with energy. Uh, it and, is. Uh, <laughs> unemployment still high, uh, you know, and growth is really slow. De- definitely there is, uh, there is inflation. And the, and the immediate concerns, of course, one is people are worried about being able to fill up their fuel tanks, of course, their cars. Mm. Um, and we did hear from Andrew Bailey today in, uh, in that central bank forum. We might discuss that in a couple of minutes. But he was, he was suggesting that maybe the, the worst is passing there. I think people hope that's right. But um, natural gas prices, both here in the UK on the wholesale level and in Europe, were both up you know, 10% plus today. So that situation for utility companies um, hasn't been resolved. In fact, uh, three more three more energy companies uh, went to the wall again today. Amazing. So, um, yeah. but the, the the heat is still on there. Yeah. Well, or not. Well, figuratively, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Look, in China, it looks like they've got the answer because we've we talked about how they've been having rolling power outages uh, and they seem to have got the solution. They think, well, if we push the prices up, then that's going to be an incentive for producers to produce more and higher prices means consumers will consume mm. less. Do you know what? I seem to remember seeing that in a, a textbook when I was much younger. <laughs> I remember studying that quite some years ago, but... Um it's interesting you say that because some of the China-sensitive commodities, like when I look at iron ore today, Phil, it's up uh, uh, over 4% today. It's back over $120 a tonne. So the read through there may well be that, you know, if um, if there's more power going to be produced, that means there's less restrictions on output and uh, commodities like iron ore might be back in the frame again as far as from, from a demand point of view. So I guess we, we could surmise about that so um yeah is that going to be enough to help the aussie dollar because obviously we've been seeing the us dollar continuing to rise uh on the dxy it was a 94.4 this morning the last time it was that high was actually exactly a year ago and obviously the aussie is one of those paying the price and you were saying earlier it fell to 71.74 yes it has been lower but the trend obviously has been steadily down down nine percent from from the may peak so is that going to continue or could we find, you know, rising prices is just what Australia needs? Yes. Well, uh, China, of, of course, Australia has been in the frame politically with China too, hasn't it, ever since, you know, mm. over recent months and recent years. But um, the commodity story hasn't been too bad, but um, it's been, I, I would describe it as pretty clearly um, a US dollar story and the commodities currencies um, are sort of just taking more of the heat at the moment, whether it's, you know, because if, you, if you're saying that, you know, currencies like Aussie, Kiwi, uh, Norwegian Krona, CAD and so forth were down, you'd yep. either be risk off. We don't see that in uh, equity and bond markets, at least not today, uh, or, uh, or some, you know, of, um, of, of worries about uh, reflation and worries about the global economy. Maybe there's an element of that, but we're in such volatile day-to-day conditions feel i think we just have to sit and reflect for another 24 hours or so yeah well yeah and do we actually know what comes next i was you know curious as to whether we had you know had the chiefs of the fed the ecb the bank of england the, mm. uh, the bank of japan you mentioned that they were all there together showing the state well they weren't showing the stage because it was all virtual showing the virtual stage at the uh, the sintra forum which mm. was all held online again this year for the ecb uh, for, for europe um, I mean, there's got a whole load of central banks there, all with a different approach to how they move forwards. Indeed. So um, uh, Jay Powell was, you know, they're talking about 
he was asked about transitory. I think he was one of the first ones to to use that phrase. He described it again today in a slightly different way, saying that um, explanation of transitory um, was that uh, the inflation spike uh, wouldn't lead to an inflation regime change. So it's reversible. Um, obviously, the time wise of that has been drawn out, and it's just going to going to take time to resolve. But um, you know, when you we've been looking at oil prices a lot this week, Phil, and um, you can think of ins- that's one one commodity where uh, the supply side could be fixed very very quickly. All it would take would be a statement from OPEC about increasing production much more than the market markets expect, and that yeah, would yeah. Mm. resolve that issue. Yeah, except, of course, that OPEC like those prices high. That's, that's what they're there for, Dave. Uh, look, uh, something else that uh, is high in price at the moment, that's houses. Uh, the IMF, of course, raised the flag on Aussie house prices earlier this month and said something needed to be done about it. Josh Frydenberg, as we said on the podcast earlier in the week, gave the green light for some sort of macro prudential regulation. Uh, it looks like that might be happening sooner rather than later. I think the drums are starting to beat there aren't they? So house prices are becoming a, 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 an issue in Australia now, the high house prices and how to deal with that. And we know the Reserve Bank doesn't want to increase interest rates to address that because of the collateral effects on the wider economy, uh, even though low rates is, is part of the reason or a lot of the reason well, why so house high. prices yeah, yeah. are So um, uh, the, the, the drums seem to be beating there. So I think the thinking is, and I think Lowe's been uh, talking about this, is you know maybe some sort of uh, debt-to-income type limit or uh, serviceability limit, which incidentally banks already apply to borrowers uh, because APRA requires you to apply, what, 250 points above the existing mortgage rate. So those buffers are still there. Lending standards apparently still sound, but... Um, House prices are continuing to rise, including in Sydney and Melbourne during the periods of lockdown too. So that issue hasn't gone away. So it Mm. seems that it's getting closer and could come within months. Right. Well, one issue that is going to be front and centre today is the fact that it's the last day of the the budget year in the United States and they still haven't passed the budget for next year. So they need to get that sorted out today. Oops, forgot about that one. Mm. Uh, And then the other one is uh, is obviously the debt ceiling as well. But one answer to the debt ceiling, because the question about whether they should just get rid of it altogether, uh, another suggestion that we can't do that is then we should just raise the debt ceiling by a gazillion dollars. Uh, and then we won't have to face this obstacle again for what well, you'd hope many years to come. Well, it was early August that they actually suspended the debt ceiling. So they have been increasing it over time. But the most pressing issue, Phil, in terms of timing is not the debt ceiling now. Uh, that will become a pressing issue through next month uh, because they they can use other methods to partly fund government operations, uh, for example, they'll still be collecting revenue you know, from taxes and so forth and use their other um, trust funds and so forth to move money around and so forth. But the most pressing issue is to pass a budget resolution so they have the authority to actually spend beyond the 30th of September. So that is a major pressing issue for markets right now. So without that, after Thursday, they'd have to start shutting down government operations, even though they may have the cash in the bank to pay public servants right. and, and the like. Well, that's today. I mean, it is the 30th, obviously, in Australia today, and uh, tonight it will be in, in yes. the United States. So uh, yes. is it going to happen, or, or, or are they going to have a shutdown? Well, we've, we've, uh, we've had sort of partial shutdowns before. Uh, it's been to the... Um, 
that the shutdown is not a default, of course. It's just a partial shutdown of government operations. Um, so we've, we've been down that path before. So, mm. But, you know, both are digging their heels in, aren't they? So somebody has to blink, yeah. and um, neither side is at the present time. And then you come to the debt ceiling, and the Congressional Budget Office bill has just released a statement in the past hour saying they think that um, the government could um, fund itself through sort of late October, early November. So a little bit more than what uh, the Treasury Secretary was saying this week. What was she saying? October the 18th or thereabouts. So this idea of but, um, this crazy idea of minting a coin, a trillion dollar coin, uh, I mean, that sounds a bit like modern monetary <laughs> theory, doesn't it? We'll just make a coin and, uh, and, and, and we'll spend that. I think it was, it, it was a wacky idea thought of back in... Uh, uh, apparently, uh, when President uh, President Obama was talking about it or asking his Treasury Secretary about it, you know, he mentioned that there are, you know, they're talking all sorts of wacky ideas to sort of fund fund themselves. Yeah. So, um, uh, th- that that's what it is. Of course, you know, when the government mints mints coins, of course, um, you know, they, they just deposit. You know, they're that's essentially the deposited at the Fed, yeah. and they've got cash to spend, yeah, yeah. right? So. Here's a trillion dollars. Can you just, just credit that to my account, yeah. please? A bit problematic because they'd have to decide whose face is going to go on it. That could, uh, they could argue with that fact. That, that could be it or don't lose a coin on the way to the bank. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's right. Now, look, very quickly because we're running out of time. We've got, and it's important we talk about this, I think, very quickly because we've got PMIs for China today. Uh, we also have unemployment numbers for Europe and for, for Germany as well. Aussie building approvals, Japan's industrial production, the ANZ business confidence number for New Zealand. Uh, yes. Uh, and and as you mentioned, you know, that might uh, take a bit of a hit down the track because we've got 45 cases there yesterday. So it's not plain sailing, is it? They're still pursuing this elimination strategy, mm-hmm. but uh, they've also got a slowdown in vaccination. So a few things going against them. Uh, so all of Indeed. that today, plus obviously what goes on in Washington as well. Of course, it's uh, it's a big 24 hours coming up. And I think Mark would be very interested to see whether uh, Chinese services mm. activity does pick up as expected or remains sluggish. So yeah, um, that's going to be a big question. We will see. We will All will be revealed. Right. Great to talk, Dave. Catch you again very soon. Thank you. Cheers, Phil. And there we are. That is your Thursday morning edition of The Morning Call. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'm back again tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening.